right, and welcome back to the Technicolor Podcast, where we discuss all things geek from a diverse point of view. I am, of course, your host, Eddie. I have Jacob. How are you doing, Jacob? Hello. My audio quality is mid at best. Yes, we are actually recording this over Zoom because we still have work and we can't be in the same room from time to time. That's how life works out. <laughs> and of course, we have our moderator, Carlos. How are you doing, Carlos? Hey, I'm doing all right. All right. And I know what you're thinking. Who's today's guest? Well, today's guest is... Just us three. Because as we said, we couldn't be in the room to where we normally record. So we got to do it over Zoom. But hey, you know what? We're going to make it work. What is the best Christmas gift you have ever gotten? What is the best Christmas gift you have ever gotten? I want to know. I will go first. So we remember the PlayStation 2, right? I mean, yeah, and that it was a console that existed and was wildly popular and had some really good games on it. That PlayStation yeah. oh, 2? It wasn't that, that long PlayStation ago, right? Two. Literally, yeah. yeah. So it, is, it goes down as like my best Christmas gift just due to the sheer fact that when my parents got it for me and my sister, my sister games too, they got us, literally they got us uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and they also got us uh, God of War. They also got me God of War. Eddie, how old were you at this time? Dude, I was like, um, what was I, like 14? Because okay, that's when they, fair. That's that's when they came out with the slim. Not, not the worst age to get that at. No, it's really not. It's really not. Because I think, like, at uh, that's when they came out with that PlayStation Slim. And that Slim one was, even to this day, you can still play it. But, yeah, that's what we got for Christmas. And it was, like, that had to be hands down the best gift ever. I was like, oh, my God, my parents actually like us. What the heck? <laughs> All right, but, Jacob, your turn. Oh, well, you got to put me on the spot like that. Oh, Easy. Uh, I got a turquoise Game Boy Color with Pokemon uh, Blue. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I got my me. We all got them, like me and all, like all my cousins, all got them. It was like the year that they came out, and we all got um, Pokemon as like one of the first games we got. Um, just because, and this was like before the anime had come out. Like the anime had, was like I think slated to come out soon. Like it came out later that year. Um, is whenever it started airing here in Texas. And this was just because it had, like, just come out, just gotten, like, uh, a little bit earlier, and my uncle was, like, a big nerd, and, like, as in, like, imported his games from, like, Japan at the time, because this was during, like, the uh, Sega Dreamcast days, and he played a lot of fighting games, so there were some games that he just, like, he could only get from via Japan and stuff like that, and so because of that, um his buddies worked at like GameStop and stuff and they were like oh you got some like kids or whatever that you need to get gifts for get them this it's going to become like huge probably within like the next year spoiler alert it did it was kind of a big deal so yeah I got I got that I remember I think I played blue version first I started with Bulbasaur the first Pokemon I caught was a Rattata. I was like six though, and I couldn't pronounce Rattata right, so I called it Rattatat. Okay. I mean, um, you got a good one, man. I played that. One. I played. I have to call it the best, the best Christmas gift I've ever gotten, solely because, um, like, 
of if I were to like take every gaming franchise and like combine total hours played together, Pokemon would probably win by a landslide. Um, so it's just as, as someone who's, that, that, as someone who still though. plays those games, it's like it it was highly influential. Like RPGs are still like my favorite game genre to play. I, I still really like um, creature collectors, especially like. I, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. I know I, I agree with that hardcore. Carlos, what about you? You know, for me, it's also going to be like a gaming console because my mom got us a Nintendo 64 and Pokemon Stadium, I want to say the first one. Um, oh, that's a good one. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And like games were not on the forefront of my mind at this age. So I was just like, I want toys and whatever. Um, but like this opened the whole it was my first introduction into video games and stuff and it, it stuck around with me. And like Jacob said, Pokemon for me has also been like the game I probably put the most hours into of anything. Yeah. And just like an all around fun console. And I got to play with my brothers and like, like from then on, most of the games I would ever play were like co-op or where I could battle my brothers because we just liked playing together. Oh, that's a good dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Them consoles back in the day. Oh my God. Yeah. Still, uh, consoles are so great to pick up for gifts. I feel like it makes sense that like we would all pick that though, just because when you're growing up, like video game consoles are like an expensive thing that like for a lot of people our age, that was always like the hot ticket item that would end up having a big impact on all of us because it's where like there are so many like classic games on. Well, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's especially like the era. Oh, no, I totally agree, Jacob. And especially, like, the era that when we started playing video games, it seems mm-hmm. to be around the time. Those games were special. I mean, think about it like this. Like, a lot of the games that we talk about now, like, how much do they cost now these days? Yeah. Even just, like, the original yeah. Pokemon Stadium, I think it's, like, what? I've seen some of it. It's, like, 80 to $100. And, you know, yeah. it's, like, you know, like, 64 or so. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a game you could emulate on your computer right now for free. Exactly, you can. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I got a war though. Now I got a war. I can't do. I would love to, but no, uh, they haven't been able to figure out the DRM on that. Yeah, yeah. Something got a bit just, of a choke on that. Just now figured out how to do it for PS3s. I don't think they've gotten to PS2 yet. They didn't. They did. Yeah. They didn't. But yeah. Okay. So that's good. No, I like that one. That was a good one. But let's go ahead and get to the episode. As always, if you have uh, any questions or subject ideas or just have opinions about the podcast, please don't email us technicolor214 at gmail.com. Again, that is technicolor214 at gmail.com. And today, our sponsors is actually going to be our third floor, uh, which is the one Jacob actually works at. So, Jacob, you can talk a little bit about the third floor? Yeah. Uh, so the third floor is the place where the fiction books live downtown at Central, along with the literature, religion, uh, the occult, all sorts of other fun subjects are on our floor. Um, in addition to that, we have the board game room, which is always open to the public as a source of entertainment. Um, come play board games. It's free. You can just come and hang out and play board games. Bring your friends. Uh, along with the story center. Um so if you want to do a podcast like this one, you can just take some very quick, like 30-minute tutorials we have online via the uh, creative spaces section of our website. And you can you too can make a podcast uh, and or 
use our green screen or our DSLR to film things. It is very cool and good and free with a library card. That's the important so, yeah. part. It is free with a library card. Yeah, you get a library card first, but like a library card is also free. So, you know, yeah. Uh, in addition, we also have the GED testing center. If you are working on your GED and you need to find a testing center, we have one here. We have wonderful staff that will help you uh, figure out how to do things like scholarships and other grants. So that way you don't have to pay as much for taking your tests because sometimes that stuff can be expensive because it's a whole bunch of tests because you've got different subjects and stuff. So yeah, but the third floor has a lot to offer. It is my home away from home and uh, I, I, I love it here. It's a very nice floor to be on. Yeah, thank you so much for putting the floor, Jacob. Okay, so let's actually get into what the episode is about today. As the time of this recording, the holidays is upon us. The holidays are here! <laughs> oh, Lord. So we've already, of course, eaten our turkeys, and then we are all put our present, uh, presents under the Christmas tree, and, of course, already have our, our sparkling drinks for the new year. So the holidays are a great, wonderful time, but since this is more of a nerd, diversity-focused podcast... I actually wanted to talk about more of where do we go for our for gifts? What uh, local shops do we visit? And what is something that we want this year for Christmas? So today's episode is actually going to be our holiday fun, spectacular Christmas stuffing, New Year's, eat your dinner episode. You probably will not call it this title. I just wanted to ramble on about it a little bit. But anyway, so one of the funner things about especially living in Dallas is that there's something for everybody, especially when it comes to like uh, geek and nerd stuff as much as what we're into. I actually want to know what store do like Jacob and uh, Carlos, what store do you shop at when you when you're kind of looking for new D&D books, when you're looking for new comics to read or you need some new game dice? Like what store do y'all visit, actually? I mean, the obvious one is Common Ground Games. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so Common Ground Games is near downtown Dallas off of Inwood and 35. It's a great store with a great store culture. It's very uh, women and LGBTQ friendly. Um, they run all sorts of events. Uh, my Blood Bowl League plays there. They run magic events, Digimon events, Pokemon events, D&D events, everything. They have an absolutely massive selection of both uh, Dungeons and Dragons slash like tabletop gaming books and miniatures along with like board games. And there, it is nerd heaven. It is such a great store, tons of card game stuff. They have a robust magic collection. Um, but yeah, no, they're great. I like know the owners. The library has worked with them even on like a program or two. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, they donated some board games for us yeah. in the board game space. Um, they're great people. Yeah, oh, no, they have, yeah, they're great. You're able to like uh, check their TCG player too for like any specific singles you might be after too, right, Jacob? Yeah, you. They have a, a link to a TCG player page. Like if you go to the website, you can check for Magic singles along with like Pokemon and Digimon singles too, I believe. Um, but they they do all sorts of stuff, and they're always open to start new kinds of gaming events. So. If, like, you're a big flesh and blood player or, like, Keyforge or Dragon Ball Z, the card game, or soon to be One Piece, the card game, there's one of those coming out. Um, or if you I think the One Piece is dropped because I've seen some at Target. So ah, people, okay. People can oh, okay. those. 
Yes. Yeah, um, I don't know how you do that. Which is a good stocking stuffer, too, because they're like, what, $4 a pack? Yeah, um, no, card games are always yeah, great okay. stocking stuffers. Yeah, everybody um, loves opening those. Yeah, packs are fun. Or if you wanted to, like, figure out how, like, if you're like, I'm interested in playing in a D&D game, or I want to do run a Vampire the Masquerade game, and no one else wants to do that, they have a Facebook where you can reach out and find like-minded people to play with. Um, they're a great resource for all of that. They're, I'm going to say that of all of the game stores I have been to, uh, they are the friendliest and cleanest store. There are some other stores that I'd be like, oh, the store is also very friendly, but they don't have like as much of a dedicated play space. So there isn't as much room or their stock isn't as big. Like, they're not as big of a store. I think whenever it comes to size, the only store in the Metroplex that can compete is probably Madness. Uh, but they had to stop carrying yeah, yeah, two singles <laughs> for for legal reasons. <laughs> like <laughs> some bad stuff happened, and so they had to stop selling card game stuff. Uh, uh, good comic book oh, store. Mostly. Did they? Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, you about that? I wish- yeah no. Uh, the tournament organizers and some of the patrons were like doing a racket together and like mm-hmm. basically forcing prize splits and stuff like that, which is super not allowed under Magic's like thing. So they lost their um, Wizards like player store thing. So they straight up can't run Magic events anymore, like in an official capacity. Um, and they were like the store that ran all the PTQs and stuff like that, like whenever that was a thing. So they can't do that anymore. Mm, that's crazy and so because of that they had to stop running uh they they had they can't sell like tc they don't sell tcg singles and stuff anymore and so they have they've had to rely on board games and uh um comic books for their revenue which if you're on the comic book side of the store it's great it's actually a great selection especially of like trade paperbacks and stuff but also their staff on the tcg side was always kind of shysty to begin with so i'm still gonna just be like common ground was was and always has been better yeah that's Mm -hmm. fair um they also like for madness i know that they have like a lot of vintage star wars stuff that's good to check out for any yeah they do um so they want to get stuff for they do. They do. There's a couple of, of places. If, if, and if I'm if also, if you do uh, war gaming, um, the mm-hmm. best store for that, Common Grounds does is good for that, but the best store um, is probably Texas Toy Soldier in Carrollton. Um, the staff there is super nice. They, if they don't have something, you can ask them and they will get it for you and they will sell it to you cheaper than going to the Games Workshop store okay. itself. Like, and, oh, yeah. just, you said they're in Carrollton? Yeah, Carrollton. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my, my frequent stores. If it's for the Wargaming store, that's like my go here <laughs> for that. Um, the, the, the Warhammer Citadel is a really cool store. Like, don't get me wrong, I do like going there. And if I'm wanting like specific Warhammer stuff and I want it now and I want to make sure that it's there, then yeah, I'll go to the Warhammer store. Also, it's an excuse to like go to downtown Grapevine and there's like cool stuff there. Um, there but, is a lot yeah. of cool stuff in downtown Grapevine. It really is. No, I, I give you credit yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. Weinberger's cool Deli is amazing. <laughs> yeah, my brother yeah. loves going down there, and especially now that the Christmas lights are up or like mm-hmm. the holiday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Up, it yeah. Really no. Cool so so cool store, and they have like a little cafe. It's it's wonderful. Um, but the the prices are just better at Texas Toy Soldier. Um, 
But again, they don't have as much of a stock of Warhammer stuff because they have other wargaming stuff there. But if you ask them, they will get it for you and it will probably be cheaper than if you got it from Games Workshop specifically. So, but no, yeah, I feel like, no, that's a, but that's a but that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that was a good choice, Jacob. Uh, you want me to go to Carlos or you got a store? Uh, well, for me, I like going to Keith's Comics uh, up on Mockingbird. Uh, Love Keith's. Oh, good choice. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> it's reliable, dude. No, hey, say what you Keith's Comics, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Love yeah, Keith's. You'll usually find yeah. like stuff that you're after there or like stuff that somebody will enjoy at one of their shops. I usually go to the Mockingbird one, but I think they have one in Firewheel and one up north off Midway. Um, and they're currently having a bunch yeah. of sales because their store is going to move. So, you know, mm. they would want to. Uh, pack less so they're, they're doing a bunch of discounts right now mm-hmm. yeah, i usually check out that stuff the shop there for uh figures or comics and stuff just it's a, it's an all-around great nerd shop mm-hmm. that's a good shot no good choice no keith comics is like super reliable though yeah so even though they do have a lot more look because they actually have a keith locations to where i live at north but yeah keith comics is usually pretty uh good solid choice regardless whenever um, i had a, a pull list uh and i was living here um, at Keith's is where I, I went. Yeah, that's where I usually, that's where I have mine right now. Um, yeah. yeah. And then like the staff is really friendly and will help you like figure out stuff that would be good to pick up for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm judgy too. Yeah, exactly. That, they've helped out my uh, partner pick out like some gifts for me. Um, since I have a pull list and stuff, they are kind of familiar with the stuff that I like. Oh, smart. That's good. Smart. All right, so for me, uh, I'm actually going to... Uh, a little different here. So, um, as you know, like I said, people don't know, I live up North Dallas. So the nearest comic book store for me is Madness. But actually, my personal favorite was back when I was still living in uh, Garland. And it was the uh, Game Master that was actually in Rowlett. And if you don't know what the store is, don't worry about it. So it's off of Rowlett Road in 67. So in a uh, fun fact, you can actually take the blue line all the way down to downtown Rowlett Station, walk across the street, and you'll be able to find a Game Master over there. I'm like Reason 90% why- sure I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've so, been to like um, every store in like the Metroplex, I'm pretty sure. I think I there's like one or two in Fort Worth I have hit, but like I've been to almost every single one. Oh, I believe <laughs> you, Dave. Oh, I, Jacob, I believe you. Yeah. Support <laughs> yeah. your local game store. Yeah, go do support it. That's If it's you're listening reasonable. to this and you're not in the DFW area, like find the find your common ground equivalents find your game master equivalent find your keith's comics equivalent at your store there is one find them and support them buy things from them (laughs) please do please do some of the only local (laughs) small businesses that still exist the bookstore is dying but the game store still lives on yeah, you know what? Yeah, we get locals. I we get it. And so the reason why I'm promoting Game Master is because this was actually the store where I I felt so welcomed, and I could just go in there. I was like, "Hey, um, I don't know how to play D and D," and uh, they taught me everything. Like they showed me how to build the character sheet. They showed me uh, the core books. They uh, they gave me like detailed instructions of just like, "Hey, this is how you go about playing the game." And at the time. Um, everyone just kind of assumed that you knew how to play the game. I knew what it was, but I had never uh, sat down and played it because my first actually uh, RPG experience was actually Vampires and Masquerade. Tight. So, yeah. 
But y'all didn't know that? <laughs> I, I feel like I you've... Think you. I feel like you've told me like once. Yeah. Okay. When yeah. You and I started playing D and I think you mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so... <laughs> yeah. So when I was there, uh, I actually went to Game Master and learned so much, and it got me so much into the game. Or when I went to the college that I went to, I was able to just play the game over there, no problem. And uh, kind of to the point of um, like also having like just a bunch of like uh, good recommendations. So many good recommendations, especially when it came to uh, video games. Like I ended up learning a lot more about kind of like those uh, indie, those smaller developers. Uh, a lot of it was due to them just having a really good know-how about like, hey, did you hear about uh, Motion Twins and uh, Motion, uh, no, Motion Games, the ones who did Dead Cells. And oh, like, yeah. yeah, I was like, uh, dude, that game is so good. They're <laughs> getting a Castlevania update. Yes, I'm super excited for that. That's yeah, no, super tight. Tight. Oh no, dude! The Queen of the Sea DLC slaps. Oh my god, it slaps. But yeah, uh, but back to the point. Back to the point. When it came to just like uh, like the RPG games, video games, even in the, uh, that's actually where I played Splendor for the first time over there at uh, Game Master and Roulette. It it was a great experience for me, and especially like since I was always one of the few people of color who was always in the store. But the fact that they went out of the way to make me feel so welcome, it was a great thing for me. God, that's like the best thing whenever you like stick a yeah. sore thumb in a store and you feel super welcome. It's so nice. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, all of a sudden you're just like, yeah. You, you, they don't hit you with that double question. Like, uh, are you sure you're here for D&D? And I was like, yes. They were just like, oh, hey, you're here for D&D, right? And I was like, yeah. Well, come on in. I was like, yeah, oh, no, wow. it's the best. Right, okay. Well, this is going to work out. And it was also like the first time when, uh, especially growing up, I had to tell my parents, I was like, no, mom, dad, I'm going to go uh, do a DD game night session. And they started believing me. That was Game Master. So shout yes. out. So yeah, no, that's actually really good. Uh, like that one. Okay. So let's get into the other part of our pod uh, of our today. What was the, uh, what was the one thing that you liked this year uh, that came out and you just have nothing but positive reviews about? Like, what is that one thing that came out this year that you loved? Uh, for me, uh, as you know, I was really excited about God of War Ragnarok, and I got it, and I enjoyed the. I it was so much fun to play, but the Dead Cells Queen D, uh, Queen of the Sea DLC kind of takes it just for the sheer fact that I put way more hours into that than I did God of War Ragnarok, and I did a lot of the side quests in Ragnarok. Good on you <laughs> for having good taste. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, here's my thing. Like, of course, it's like we could recommend people like God of War, Ragnarok, Elden Ring, Stray. Like, no. take, any, take any of the top, like any of the games that got Game of the Year. I'd say we take them off of the table because that's too easy. Right? That's true. That's it's true. too yeah. easy. That's going to make too a bunch of lists. easy to recommend them. Yeah. Huh? That'll make like a bunch of lists, like yeah. the top things to give somebody. Yeah, like it's so all it's like, so obviously. Look, look at go to the Game Awards. Check out the top five games of the year. All of them have a full recommendation from me, except for Stray. You didn't like Stray? It's fine. I don't think it's Game of the Year. <laughs> like it was okay, but it was like it's it's a cat walking simulator, which is like fine. I like those games, but I don't think it was Game of the Year worthy. I, I feel you, Jacob. It's I'm I'm with you on that page. I do think it's fun and like. I think it would make a good gift, like for those that do game. Um, 
So I'm with like I, I'm with you that it's not game of the year, but I feel like it is a fun like break from yeah, everything it's, else. It's a it's, it's a good between. game, but like I'm like eh. Well, you know, it's 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 kind of weird because like I it, keep in mind, like I, I think especially when they talk about game of year, they do hit that unfortunately they do weirdly follow the same trend as the Oscars with you know it's like you know very well directed kind of like big budget type of situation so in some weird ways I think they still weirdly follow the rules of those of kind of like that Oscar Hollywood kind of trope in a lot of ways and I think we're still getting adjusted to that but if you really wanted a game of the year um even though my suggestion wouldn't qualify because it is a DLC content so it wouldn't qualify I'm gonna say, like, to be honest, like, yeah, did y'all play like the TMNT Shredder's Revenge? I did. That game is good. That game was good, and the yeah. fact that I can always like find people to play online with that, especially during the tight, it, it it won't get game of the year. But out of like one of the best games I played this year, yeah, that had to be it. <laughs> but that was just me. But what what was your choice, Jacob? Like, as far as like thing you wanted this year, and it was like really great. What was yours? So I've been trying to like think about it. And I'm like, what what game that came out that I just like, or thing that came out? That it doesn't have to be was, a game. I just said it doesn't have to be a game. Me. I'm just like trying to think of like, what's the thing that came out that I'm Most just excited. like, nope, play it. It's good. And I've just been like racking my brain trying to be like, yo, it's this. Is there um, is there anything you were unsure about, and then like exceeded expectations? No, I'm in this like situation of just being like, uh, there were a lot of games that I really, really liked and stuff that I put my time into, but I can very, I can be like, no, this has obvious flaws and I can't give it a full, like, this is the best of the year recommendation. Carlos, yeah. you go, can you, can okay. you go? And while I think, I, I think you have to mold this over. Yeah, that's right. um, for me, so it was an action figure. There's two. Um, one of the obvious choices is, uh, this is for like Marvel fans. There's like a new Wolverine action figure that dropped this year. Um, and it's still around retail price. Retail price isn't cheap. It's like 150 And you can still find it at like toy stores and, and stuff. Uh, but it's a Mezco Wolverine action figure. And it just has all these different attachments and uh, these different things. Like you can swap out a bunch of heads and make him like first appearance Wolverine or Bone Claws Wolverine. And it's just, it, it's really nice. And it's a great figure. And if anyone in your family loves Wolverine and does not have this, um, this is like great for them. Like they'll pose it around. They'll have a lot of fun with it. Even if like, I don't think they collect, you know, figures. It's just cool to like have on your desk. But that was kind of an obvious one for people that collect toys. For me, I like this year I dove into Mythic Legions, which is like a fantasy figure series. <laughs> and they're really cool. Um, I really like their design. I was bummed about their articulation like when before I bought them that's why I like held off for a while but I finally picked up a couple and even though they're limited in articulation they're really really cool to look at and they're like great for customizing if you like painting your figures or uh like swapping out parts so if like you have a fan of D&D or any sort of fantasy game or just fantasy books in general you can take a look at like uh the Mythic Legions web- website and you can see like all the figures that they put out and there should be something for like your fantasy lover there. Okay. That's a good note. I, I, I was actually looking up the Wolverine thing uh, when you were talking about it, when you were talking and I was like, yo, that is actually cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like even if, like I'm saying, like if I were to get you this Eddie, are you a Wolverine fan? Yeah, I like Wolverine. Yeah. Would there be an air of excitement to you when you see this? Oh yeah. Because I love like, like 90s Wolverine, dude. That's still like, yo, 
personal favorite and I could like customize that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I get that. Yeah, and it comes in like this little tin box that you can, I wouldn't recommend, but you could probably use for like a lunchbox or something, which is fun. Right. I probably would, knowing me. I probably <laughs> Oh, I'd flex that. I totally would. Okay, so that was it. Okay, but that's a good one. I like that. Uh, Figure it out, Jacob. I don't <laughs> want to be that guy that's just like, oh, hey, look, it's it's Elden Ring was really good, and it was like the best game of the year or whatever, and blah 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 blah. Because like even then, I'm just like. it was okay like it was it was really good i really liked it but there's Mm -hmm. just like aspects of it that i'm like it's i can't this isn't a universal recommendation and it's not like whenever i said disco elysium last year and i was just like yo play disco elysium and that's it like that's all i have to say i understand (laughs) so i'm just like i'm sitting here and i'm like what 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 is it uh and then i i thought about it some more um and I'm, I'm going to say uh, Tunic. You said Tunic. Tunic. I oh. thought about games that... I, actually, no. I'm going to give two. I'm going to give two. Uh, one of them is really short. Hey, Vampire Survivors came out this year. It's really good. Play it. Uh, it's a... What if someone who designed slot machines decided to make a roguelite um, and just made, like, the most addictive game you could think of from, like, a visual, audio, and, like design standpoint but didn't use that for evil (laughs) it's the only way i can describe it because it's a three dollar it's like a three or five dollar game that is designed to just like make your ear make your brain release the happy chemicals that's that's a good selling point like that's all it does it's like it is a short game it is a game that is designed to make you release happy chemicals and and in the most like immediate gratification way but it's not been used to try to steal money from you because they could have he really could have it would have been so easy to monetize aspects of it so that way it would make your brain give the happy chemicals and you give them a thousand dollars it's very easy but they didn't you pay five bucks and congratulations hours of endorphins are now yours you gotta love it when they don't like be predatory you gotta love it (laughs) yeah and also the fact that again it's like five bucks it's so cheap um so yeah and then from like an art and game design perspective whenever i can point at something and say this this is art and that's tunic i am a big fan of the medium being part of the message slash uh, the selling point being something that's like, you could not make this be anything else and it have as much, it's as much impact and be as good, right? I thought God of War was, uh, God of War, both God of Wars 2018 and this one were good. but you could have made it a movie. Like it, it, it maybe wouldn't have as much impact because you're not controlling things like you would in a movie, but you'd still be able to get the story by just making it a movie or a miniseries or a TV show, right? Like you get what I'm coming from with this, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. I do. Okay, Tunic could only be a video game because it is take uh, all of those sweet, happy memories you got playing uh legend of zelda a link to the past for the first time um so like you have that uh 
But what the cool thing that Tunic does is when you are playing the game, it opens, it drops you right in. And the sort of main goal of the game, the thing that you are collecting throughout the game, are pages of a book that is a guide for a game called Tunic. Yeah, that's creative. Yeah, that's so, creative. so you are picking up pages for like an, an NES slash Game Boy style, like in it, the thing that, remember whenever you used to get game guides and games and it would like tell you how to play the game, what buttons to press and like things like story and stuff like that and like where to go. Yeah. And, but they stopped doing that because games became digital. So this one gives you that nostalgic experience by making it part of the gameplay and you're slowly collecting pieces of this book and it's like the pages are numbered. It tells you like, hey, you can do this. And there's like stuff that's like weird and esoteric. Like the game doesn't give you button prompts. You just have to figure out what the buttons do by pressing the damn buttons. (laughs) And you'll get pages that tell you like, Hey, did you know that if you did the button and then this button at the same time, this thing happens, and then you do it and go, oh, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I ever press those buttons? Or they'll be like, hey, you know this thing that you saw like an hour ago that you've like, that because this is like a Legend of Zelda style, like big open map, you can get to very easily. Did you know that if you go up to it and do this thing, uh, you'll unlock this thing and then you go, Oh, and then you rush over. It's so good. Playing that game, you feel like you're 10 years old again. It's so nice. I haven't beaten it. I want to get back to it. It's really good. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, okay, but that's a good, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so sweet. Like, it's one of those games similar to, like, whenever I said Disco Elysium, like, that it, it is a crime that not everyone is talking about this game. Like, it is, it is one of those games that after you play it, you go, this not being the thing that everyone talks about on the internet is a crime. It is a travesty. Like the fact that Disco Elysium Final Cut was not like, like people talked about it, but the fact that it wasn't like, hey, hey, this thing, this thing, guys, you should play this thing. I shouldn't have to tell you how good this thing is. Just play the damn thing. Like that's, that's how I feel about it. Well, yeah, you, you know, but let's be real. But there's always something that just gets, like, unnoticed, and yet it, it comes off so well. It, it happens all the time. So this this wouldn't be the first time in this case. Like, uh, it was, like, one game where it's, like, I mean, think of it like this. Like, Among Us didn't catch on until, like, yeah. 2020. And that game, it came out, like, early 2018. Yeah. And oh, oh, another it thing. It happens all the time. Another thing. Uh, this game originally came out <laughs> like 2019 for the PlayStation 4 or for like worldwide in like 2020, but it got a switch port in 2022. So I'm going to talk it up because it's a good, Hey, do you like anime? Of course. Yep. Okay. You should play 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim for the Nintendo switch. Repeat that. You should play that. 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. It was originally on the PS4 in Japan only. Then in 2022, it got a worldwide release on the PS4, and it got a Switch port this year. It is, you know how I was like, hey, God of War uh, has a really good story? 13 Sentinels is also a good story, but does the thing where you go, where up until about the 95% mark, you have no idea what the f*** is going on. (laughs) (laughs) you have no clue this game is like anime mind 
it is so good, guys. But it is anime as all hell. If you don't like anime, or if you are uncomfortable with the fact that anime has has like influence and is like influencing like every aspect of like nerd culture right now, you skip it. Like I get it. Like you're gonna look at it and people are gonna talk in it, and the girls are gonna be running. F- to school with toast in their mouths and you're going to bounce off of it so hard and I get it and if that's not your thing I understand but if you're okay with anime or like anime oh my god play it oh that's a recommendation okay or or just like watch a playthrough of it like there are a couple out there uh but be prepared because again game gets weird it's anime it's supposed to (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but it's good. It's it's a combination visual novel slash RTS. No, I feel you. Was there anything that was like a big disappointment this year or it was like, hey, this did not live up to expectations? Is there something like that? And I'm more curious, and we're gonna, we'll be a little brief, but... Um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet makes me upset because it could have been the best Pokemon game in probably 10 years like since black and white one it it could have been the best one it's written well some of the animations are actually quite good and it has probably the coolest ending area of any like pokemon game ever and of a lot of other video games <laughs> if i'm honest it's pacing is cool there's stuff to do in it like actual interesting things cuz they did what kind of they did in Gen 2, where there's more than eight badges. This game has 18 badges, basically. Um, but it's ugly. It's so, it's so ugly. And its performance nice. is so, like, the performance on the Switch is so bad. It's a half-done piece of shit, but it could have been so good, and I'm upset. Now, you did, well, see, here's the problem with that. I still beat it and, like, took a day off from work to beat it. Like, I played the hell out of the game. I wanted to, but I just said, you know what, I'll wait for the reviews, just because yeah. I didn't know if they were going to, like, kind of, like, lowball us on Pokemon, or if it All was, of the like, reviews they're... basically said the same thing that I did, which, holy crap, this game is ugly and performs awfully, but everything other yeah, than that's... that is fantastic, and it's such a shame. I just knew something was going to happen. Yeah, I just no, was... it's, it's literally, it's, it's, this is, Sword and Shield made me angry because the game felt half done in a way that felt like I had my <laughs> money stolen from me. This one, the game felt half done in a way that I felt like, I, I just was disappointed. Like, I was just sad. Like, I beat the game, and I went, I liked this. I liked this a lot. This was a genuine good time, and I had fun playing this game. Unlike Sword and Shield, where I got bored halfway through, I was engaged top to bottom in this game and what it had to offer me, but my eyes feel like bleeding looking at it, so I can't recommend no, it to anyone. It's not, it, it, it's not uh, the, the polish on that is not good. Yeah, it has. Yeah, so that's Hands that's down, it has... It's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm I'm disappointed by that game's existence because it could be something great, and they refuse to give it enough time in the oven to to make it good. They didn't. No, me it has to be Gotham Knights. I had reservations about that game. Oof, yeah, that one. That well, okay. So again, I don't have a PS5 nor 
in Xbox Series X. Hint, hint, gift for Eddie. <laughs> if someone buys me that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't know. Like, I like want near- to. they're impossible to find. Them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's just you know, thank you, scalpers. But anyway, when I saw the gameplay trailer, well, not the gameplay, but the uh, some of the playthroughs, I was like, look, it's going to be a while before I play the game anyway, so I might as well see some of the walkthroughs. It it was not well optimized. It was abundantly clear it was not well optimized. And then the story itself was just, I'm not saying it was weak, but it definitely was severely lacking because you could clearly tell they were, they were purposely excluding a lot of stuff for DLC content. It was purposely yeah. obvious that you thinned it out as much as you possibly could so the fact that you can sell the other parts of the game as dlc and the sad part across second yeah it, it, it was abundantly clear that you whatever the full complete story was you did a lot in editing because you're going to sell the rest of the game as dlc content i see the i see the play coming a mile away yeah I, that, I, was, that was how sword and shield was yeah yeah, this Scarlet and Violet also had a similar thing in that there's a literal section on the map that is grayed out that I'm like, well, there's the DLC area over there, but and you just can't get to it. Uh, but like, it still felt like a complete game. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did not. It, it, it was not well done. Like I said, the fact that they got these brand new console systems and then it still only operates as 30 is mind-boggling because you made a big deal about it can only play on next-gen things on the next-gen um uh, consoles and I was just like if you're going to make a big deal about that then it should be optimized properly and it clearly wasn't Yeah, and then the combat was very repetitive and it, it, and then the story itself was just like there's only like three or four enemies and that was it and so yeah. it, it was one of those games where it's like when you look at it now it's like oh wow y'all did not y'all completely were uh, exaggerating uh, what you were uh, advertising here Mm-hmm. So that that had to be the biggest disappointment for me, uh, Carlos. For me, like I'll, I'm gonna preface this by saying I wasn't disappointed with the actual product, but I was disappointed with the product. So I'm, what I would wanted to get was like a steelbook version of this movie or everything everywhere all at once. Like I love the film; it's such a good movie. I cannot recommend it enough. Everyone should watch it. Um. But I usually like collect my films in like steelbook or like art packs or just like like really different designs or limited edition versions. Um, but that's just me. Um, so you know, if you want the movie in standard format or like the standard cover art, that's totally fine. But uh, there was just like different versions that I really wanted to get of this film, but I didn't get. Nothing to complain about the movie, but like the product itself. no i I get it like if you want a thing and you like it a lot and you want to support it and so you want like swag something a hat even just to show like hey this thing is good make more of it and they just and it feels like you you, the the companies that make those products just don't give enough of a shit about this piece of gold that they have yeah but there's like stuff that's out there there's like rubber finger gloves that are really funny um okay but I just really wanted a steelbook version of this movie and it like I'm heartbroken that I wasn't able to get one or like find one or that one wasn't released. Uh there's a special edition at Walmart that has like googly eyes but like they don't move or anything but it's I don't know. It just didn't scratch that itch especially if you see like different art from that film or different posters from it like the the cover art that they use pales in comparison to some of those posters. And it's really a bummer. 
No, I'm with you on that. Hey, look, we want what we want, and especially when you know they kind of lowball you, you're, you're going to feel some type of way about it. Let's just be real. And it's kind of like now where um, they talked about, uh, I know I was excited for like the Smash World Tour and then the whole thing. Oh, with the- God. And, and that whole bit. Yeah. We're going to say yeah. that for another episode because I do want to talk about game, uh, controversies again. I feel like that yeah. was a good. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll say that for we'll, we'll say that one for uh, for next year. For sure. Future installment. Future installment. Future installment. All right. And that is uh, going to do it for our episode. Uh, any last words, guys? Yeah. So if uh, for me, it's uh, if you're going to like do online shopping for like a comic book nerd in your family, definitely check out in stock trades and mycomicshop.com. Those are two great sites to find like uh, newer books for cheap or older books. Like they have a mycomicshop.com has like this huge backlog of um, back issues and stuff that you can like find almost anything at. So definitely recommend checking them out. I'm going to read what Jacob said. Definitely support your local comic book. Uh, they definitely um, kind of, like I said, bookstores are kind of pretty much monopolized these days. And like I said, you got comic book shops where kind of like one of the more unique uh, independent uh, shops out there. So definitely support your local comic book shop. Uh, and on my end, since you guys got like, I'll, I'll go on a similar thing. If someone in your family or group of friends uh, really wants to get into war gaming, uh, Warhammer, or uh, 40k or Warhammer Age of Sigmar in particular. Every year, uh, Games Workshop puts out uh, their holiday bundles, which are basically like they're about, uh, you can get them off of like various war game places for about like 180 bucks. And they've got like upwards of like three or 400 in values uh, and like the models. Look at any of them. Uh, get it, someone wants to get into it, try and think what kind of aesthetic they like and get them one of those boxes. Uh, it's a good starting point for a lot of armies. And then, I don't know, it's it's a good hobby to get into. I'm eyeing the Gloom Spike Gets box for uh, the holiday season to buy for myself. Um, it's a squiggle lanch. So it's a bunch of goblins riding little red, bouncing, just bundles of teeth and it looks fun that's 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 my thing all right you know and on that note that is actually going to do it for this episode of the technicolor podcast and as a reminder there are color in them pages as always you can email us at technicolor214 at gmail.com other than that y'all have yourselves a great rest of 2022 and hope 2023 goes amazing for everyone happy holidays everybody happy Happy holidays everybody bye y'all